vibing on the low Take and taking my time I feel like I'm out of my mind It feel like my life, my mind Who can relate? Woo! I've been on the low Take and taking my time I feel, I feel like I'm out of my mind It feel like my life ain't mine I don't wanna be alive I don't wanna be alive I just wanna die today I just, I just wanna die The shit I'm talking about, they know, they know it I've been praying for somebody to say me No one to roll my life, my life don't even matter I know it, but I know it, I know I'm hurting deep down But can't show it, never, I never had a place to call my own I never, I never had a home Ain't, no, ain't nobody call the phone, phone Where you been, where you at, what's on your mind They say every life, but, no, but nobody care about mine I've been on a low, taking, taking my time I, f I feel like I'm out of my mind Feel like my life, my mind. Who can relate? I've been on a low, taking, taking my time. I feel, I feel like I'm out of my mind. It feel, it feel like my life ain't mine. I want you to be alive. I want you to be alive. You don't gotta die today. You don't, you don't gotta die. I want you to be alive. Yeah, Logic, man, that's what's up, y'all. This is uh, another session of Shed So Many Tears with myself, Brown96. And uh, today we're going to be talking about a very, very touchy topic, which is suicide, the psychology of suicide, the, you know, thought behind the whole act of suicide. Um, we're going to have a special guest today, El Camarada, the homie Angel Mendoza. And uh, we are going to share some uh, some touchy stories. Uh, with all respect, whoever wants to join in the live, whoever wants to share their story of someone that was going through it and, uh, you know, fortunately went, you know, got past the whole, you know, thinking of, of suicide and just, you know, negative thinking and just, uh, you know, wasn't, was stuck in that, in that mindset. Um, if you know anyone that has gone through that and, and, and was able to combat it with whatever, you know, resource they use and stuff, that's welcome here because that's what it's about. We, we're, we're talking about it. So someone that's listening, uh, someone that, you know, that, that listens, uh, and here's something that is is helpful can take that information and and help someone out there you know what i mean because uh, that's what that's what these platforms or at least my platform that's what my pla what my platform is for is to basically help is to uh make you think other possibilities than what is what just resides in your mind um so with that said uh there's many 
many reasons to why a person would you know consider such such a such an um going such a route and uh the many reasons man i mean everyone there's no one size fits all you know answer to that question um but best believe it all stems back from mental illness and we are going to touch on mental illness as well even though this is not the focus of mental illness but it has a lot to do with mental illness i mean uh, you know, a, a large percentage of the people that commit suicide had something in their records, in their, you know, medical records that, that um, says that they were going through something, battling something, depression, uh, uh, anxiety, uh, um, some kind of underlying issue that was going on. And uh, either they didn't, they, they couldn't uh, balance it, they couldn't um, help themselves, or their doctor could not find the right thing for them to um, to take so that they can get better. So we're going to talk about all that. So uh, here we go. We're going to bring in our special guest for today. And like I said, his name is Angel Mendoza. And uh, he is from Kansas. I'm going to send him the request right now. Well, we're going to be talking about suicide, like I said, and uh, Everything that we say is going to be, you know, res with respect because this is a, a touchy topic. Um, and like I said, whatever you want to share, that's welcome here as well. What's up, camarada? ¿Cómo estás? Doing. Good, man. Good, man. Just, just uh, ready to take on this topic, bro. Hey, how you doing? How's it going? What's your name? Hi, who are you talking to? Oh, to you, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, uh, Celia. My, I usually come on Fridays to listen to you guys. Oh, that's right. Hey, thank I'm you for for listening. Or Esperanza Reina Hope. It depends on. Well, Esperanza Hope Reina depends on which IG I'm on. Yeah, yeah. No, you know what? Well, thank you for for listening, and and I hope that the uh, other uh, sessions or the other episodes that you listen to, I hope you came out. You know. Uh, knowing a little more about the, the topic than you went in, because that's, that's what we're trying to achieve here. But, uh, yeah, so, like I said, we're going to be talk going into this uh, very delicate topic. And um, I want to first start off by mentioning the, the, the times that I have, you know, come across this issue, which is suicide. Me, personally, I've had uh, these thoughts. Um, and I believe it was from my anxiety. I was I was not able to uh, control my anxiety right, and uh, you know stress build up um, when it's not maintained correctly can can tumble and can become something greater than just stress. Like stress is a big, it's actually a killer because stress leads to all sorts of illnesses. You it know sure what I mean? And uh, you know anxiety and uh, <laughs> depression being one of the top ones. But uh, so that, you know, this topic hits close to home because I've been in the situation where everything is just dark in my mind. Like, you know, no matter what I think about, like, you know, uh, I, I, I've nev never been like, you know, clinically uh, labeled or, you know, clinically depressed. But I think I did suffer from depression, you know, in, in, in that point in time in my life. And uh, just everything that 
would uh, make me feel happy that I would do. Like, I make music and stuff like that. I wanted, I didn't want to do any of that. Like, thinking about that just made me even more, like, like sad and more, like, just just wanted to stay away from things that usually make me happy, you know? And those are the big, big red flags. Big red flags for someone that you've seen, you've known, and are into certain things, and all of a sudden they just stop doing those things. Uh, those are big flags, big red flags. Um, so for, to people that are, like, you know, that have kids, nephews, nieces, cousins, whatever, if you notice that, that they're – they're into something, all of a sudden, they're just like, they stop doing that, whatever they love doing, you know, reach out to them for real. Because, like, that's a big red red flag. But um, I'm going to pass on the mic to uh, to the homie Angel to share a little bit of what he's, you know, encountered in regards to suicide. Yeah, man, um, I actually had a point in time when I was young, I was pretty close to doing it myself, uh, I was real young. I was about 15 years old. The only thing that stopped me is I heard my mom's voice. Mm. Um, just recently, I had a friend, a good friend of mine, you know. Uh, he did it. And uh, so did his son the day after. So, uh, yeah, it's a pretty heated topic. Um, mm. Like Brown said here, I mean, if anybody wants to talk. Sometimes, for me, it's better to talk to a stranger, honestly. Because, I mean, it feels like they can't hurt you in the way yeah. that someone you can't hurt you. I mean, that's really why we're doing this, you know, try to help somebody out. And me personally, like I said, uh, I just had a friend go through it with the son, and uh, it really hit home. So, uh, I mean, shit, we just, I don't know, trying to stop it or trying to help people and in any way we can. I mean, he's in California. I'm in Kansas. But either way, I mean, this um, social media kind of does help in a way if you use it to your benefit. Mm. It can help you. It can help us. Um, exactly. Yeah, man. For sure, for sure. Uh, you want to share something? Um, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. What's your name again? I'm sorry. Uh, Esperanza? Yes. I'm, my name yeah. is Celia, and I go under Esperanza Hope Rain on this IG uh, for okay. different purposes. Um, my cousin, Jerry Ibarra, he uh, committed suicide. Uh, my family does suffer from mental health a diagnosis. So uh, it's really hard to go get labeled um, because once you're labeled, it's on your record, and you don't want to be mm. labeled, right? So I've been labeled. Um, I had to do it because I needed to take FMLA. I am a cancer survivor, and I was yeah. going through postpartum depression um, after I had my daughter in 20. So I was diagnosed with cancer two weeks after uh, I had my daughter. And um, Kaiser really pushed breastfeeding, so I was trying to bond with her. But once I was diagnosed, it's like your bonding time is holding your baby, but I couldn't hold her because... If you hold something over 10 pounds, it can cause an infection in your breast. And then if it's in your milk ducts, you can't have surgery. So I definitely had to be diagnosed to take the time off to spend with my daughter with bonding time. Um, but I didn't get to bond as much as I would have liked. And that caused more depression because I want, really wanted to hold her. So I would make jokes and be like, oh, I can hold a glass of wine. You know, it's under 10 pounds. 
so when you lift, you know, it causes some kind of like um, tension in your breast or I don't know what it's called, you know, and you're here trying to bond with your daughter. And, you know, here I am going to the doctor to get a psychiatric evaluation as a person in the crim program. I had just stopped the criminology program. I was four classes away and my journey changed. I was like, oh, I can't take people and label them and, you know, lock, help lock them up. That's part of the problem that I'm facing with police officers. I was with the DEA. I'm going to school downtown crim program in Fresno, California. So my journey quickly changed into, I just want to be a mom and hold my daughter and live and help society. Uh, you know, you know. Big, big dreamer here, big dreamer. So, uh, you know, mental health is a very big, sensitive topic. Nobody wants to go to the therapist. Nobody wants to be labeled. And I understand that because I, I've been labeled with major depressive disorder reoccurring from childhood trauma all the way through adulthood. And I'll stop there. Okay. Oh man, that's a, that's a lot to go through. That's loaded. Like, <laughs> that's loaded. You know what? But you you did mention something that uh, it's a big it's a big big deal being labeled. Uh, and as a man, which uh, not to say you know that any less or any more importance, but a man is three times more likely to commit suicide than a woman. And, yes, they uh, are. It's, it's mainly, I would say, is, is a lot has to do with the label because a man is raised to be, you know, not to show their feelings, to man up, to to take in, you know, all this BS from the world and, and still be able to to um, to, you know, continue their lives and, and, and prosper. You know, what I mean, and and and, and be a, a quote unquote real man, you know, what I mean, and like. Nowadays, you know what I mean, like, especially when it comes to, like, economically, uh, like, for example, my wife makes more money than I do, you know, it, it did make me feel, you know, some kind of way at one point, but now I'm like, you know what, it's benefiting the family, it's not, it's not that, you know, she's worth more or I'm worth more, it's not about being worth more, you know, uh, what, as for what society labels you, that you're worth more if you have more or whatever, or if you, if you make more. But um, at the end of the day is how you perceive yourself to be. If you're, uh, you know, an honorable person and you're, you're doing things that you're supposed to do, it don't matter what label or what, whatever, you know, emotions that you have that you're expressing, that does not matter. You know what I mean? At the end of the day is how you carry yourself and, how you do what you're supposed to do as a man. I agree. I agree. I'm sorry. I had to like, I had to like uh, do something really quick, but I agree. Men have to hold it down. And that's the saying, you know, men got to hold it down or you're not a man, but really, you know, it takes a real man quote unquote to express what they're going through as far as their struggle. And as far as, their demons, or as far as any labels, to be able to accept that they have an issue to me um, as a woman, or as, as a lot of women would agree, is more honorable and more admirable than somebody who's just, you know, trying to be the tough guy. I think when you actually break those barriers and go down, uh, go down to the real, to the core of the issue, to the hurt, to the pain, to the childhood trauma, to your fears, to anything that would cause you anxiety, is actually more honorable and 
that woman that's standing behind you like your wife is actually going to appreciate that more because now you just open an opportunity for her to assist you and to be your partner and helping you in the family because women we're as naturally we're feminine right so we're trying to be nurturers and we're going to nurture that so i'm gonna stop right there because i got to do something with my family really quick i'll be right yeah, back yeah, not for sure for sure um yeah man um but you know what Overall, um, 76% of all suicides are male. And that's that, like, you know what I mean? To to men that, like, bottle in stuff, um, it's, it's really common. It's super common for a man to bottle in uh, their emotions, how they feel on the daily, on the day-to-day. -day. I mean, come on, like, when you go to work and, and, and te topas, like, you, you come across, you know, coworkers or whatever – it's just like the norm. It's like the if if you say anything besides uh, "I'm good" or you know, yeah, I feel all right, I feel fine. That's the most common response of like throughout the day when you when you come across coworkers. Hey, how you doing? How's your day? I'm good. I'm fine. I'm feeling well. Like you know what I mean. You know what I mean. So it's like when when you say something like, "Well, you know what? I've been feeling kind of down." It's like the other person's like rushing you because everyone's. I mean, this this in in this day and age, everyone's so so in a hurry to get to point from point A to point B that any type of talk is just like okay, get to the point, get to the point. You know what I mean? Like, and that just puts more of the emphasis of 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 how 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 abnormal society is becoming. You know what I mean? Like how much we're not making sure that our, 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 our coworkers or, or our friends or whatever is like, is really doing good. You know what I mean? When is the last time you've checked in on, on someone that you cared about? When's the last time you checked in on yourself to see how you've been and how, you know what I mean? Cause like, like I said, you know, everything's so fast paced nowadays that we don't even sit down to fucking literally smell the flowers, <laughs> you know, as corny as that sounds, but like, we don't sit down to like really take in like, okay, what am I missing? You know, us as, as Mexican Latinos, man, we, we tend to say like, nah, fuck it. If I, if I die, fuck it. You know, as long as my kids are good, but you don't start to think like, okay, but what, wouldn't your kids suffer because you were missing? Wouldn't your kids, your family, uh, uh, need more because you're not around and that's what i've told like friends like homies and shit that have have had these these like moments where it's like where you you're trying to like you know really talk to them and be like you know what i know it's tough but that's that's not an option that can never be an option i think a lot of us some might agree some might won't uh as mexicans i didn't want to bring that up but i mean it kind of is a a thing with Latinos. Yeah, it is, man. Like our they bring that machismo stuff with them. And, you know, as much as my jefe say he he don't like to throw it at me, he does, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and wipe that tear. You know, I don't want to hear that bullshit. I got my own problems and stuff like this and that. Mm -hmm. You can't talk to your own pops, you know what I mean? Then you ain't trying to talk to nobody else. Mm -hmm. I think that might have a lot to do with the raza, is that. I mean... As a, as a man, we got a lot of issues, you know. Yeah. Mentally, I think we're just a little bit stronger than the women. 
Or if not, I mean, they, they just, they're good at expressing themselves and we're not the moment we do and we, we tighten up real quick again. Mm. You know? It's a stereotype for men, you know? It's they, the way they put it out there for us. It's still like that. But now yeah. generation growing up, like these kids growing up nowadays, they're kind of, I don't know. They, like how you said in your last session, they seem to me also a little more feminine. The way they, you know, dress and this and that. I mean, it's it's different from whenever I was growing up. I mean, we'd be out in the street scuffing up our knees and stuff like this and that. You know, it'd be different. Our dad, my dad would have us out there, you know, cutting the yard or throwing out the trash, helping them do something. Nowadays, it's not like that. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just, you know, things are starting to change a little bit for everybody. I mean, times are changing, you know. It's hard though, Not man. For real. It is, for real it's, though. It's kind of weird in a way, you know? Mm. I don't know how to put it, but it's kind of weird in a way. The way that I seen now, how, my, how I'm raising my kids and the way I was brought up, I was like, man, it's a lot different. Mm. You know, try to break the cycle too, as far as that machismo stuff goes. And um, I mean, cause I don't like it. I never did like it, mm. but now that I'm older, I mean, shit. I wish my effort was a little. Didn't have that machismo with him. I mean, shit. Because as a teen, it was hard growing up, you know, not having nobody to talk to and shit. Now, let me ask you this, Carnal. Uh, what did it make you feel? Because I know what it made me feel not being able to really talk to to my pops about certain things. Uh, because, first of all, he didn't know English. That's first of all. So that that already that that's a big cutoff from relating to. You know what I mean? And second of all, he was too much of a no más trabaja. Everything else, fuck it, fuck everything else. Trabaja no más. Like you know, venemos. Like that's what we're here for. You know what I mean? So it's like anything else that I would interest me, I couldn't bring it up because it was like no 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 no. There's no pienses. Like you know, don't think about that. You're here to fucking work. You know what I mean? So school. Put your all all your mind into school. That's it. And after that, you're gonna get a job. Put all your mind into that. Nothing else. And it's like, you know, it's like it made me kind of feel like there is nothing that I can be good at because I'm just made to work. There's like anything that I try, I have that doubt in back of my mind. Like, like I'm not good enough to do this shit. Uh, like, like, like should I should I even attempt it? You know what I mean? Like, like what part of not being able to communicate to your pops? The way you wanted to communicate, I mean, how did that exactly affect you? I was never home. Mm, oh, shit. I started, you know, going in and out of Juvie Hall whenever I was like 12, 13, you know, and then, you know, I found my little clique out, started chilling with my homies, and 13, 14, I was in the streets, man, smoking weed, doing the most, you know, already. But I mean, out of, so from like first grade all the way up to fourth grade, I was getting bullied the whole time. You know, I was getting bullied by the same kids every day after school. For four years, I was getting bullied, you know. I was getting punked from my bike. I was getting jumped. I mean, mm. and, I mean, I would try to talk to my pops, but he wouldn't, you know, want to hear it. So it's like, whatever. But it started when I was young, and then just growing up, it was just hard. So when I got to a point where I was able to leave the house on my own, I would leave, and I wouldn't come back for, like, a week. Mm. I'd come home, and I'd sleep in my bed, you know, and enjoy it. And then I'd leave again and do it all over again. Hmm. 
it just made me rebel in a way that, I mean, now, now I'm like, fuck, man, I shouldn't have done all that. Because now we can kind of talk in a way, but it gets to a point to where we start then arguing. Cause oh, shit. It gets in there, you know what I mean? So it's like, I mean, I kind of know what to say and what not to say, but then he'll pop off some slick stuff. And I'm like, shit, man. Here we go. Hey, man, what happened to me? I mean, I would never be home. I never wanted to be around them. Like, I never wanted to be nowhere near them. Then, doing all that, when I started leaving the house and being gone for days, then he wanted to start talking. Like, what's going on? Get the pasa, like, get the falta en la casa. Aquí tienes todo, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. It's like, nah, like, why now? So, now I'm like, now, now let me ask you this, bro. Um, why, why is it that people, I mean, why would you think that, I mean, of course, you know what I mean? It's an easy way out, but like, why, why do people like choose to like take the easy way out? Considering, considering that, I mean, there's some people that say, you know what, in this life, you can fuck life up and remake that shit. You know what I mean? And it's like, there's so many possibilities, but it's like, people have, people get to a point in their lives that everything becomes so narrow that that's the only fucking choice. And like, what do you think is what pushes people to that fucking corner? What do you consider as the easy life? Like, doing, like what I was doing, like probably what you were doing? Like, I mean... Like just rebelling and doing, you know, drugs and doing all that stuff. Um, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean by the easy way out? Easy way I, out. So suicide. You know, finding. I guess people that. I mean, when I was start chilling with my homies and start making friends, you know, with you know the crowd I'm with now, it was easier to chill with them and. You know, I could talk to them in a way about what's going on, but joke around about it too, like to where it wasn't so serious. Mm. I was in a way that it'd be sarcastic, but it'd be the truth, and that was okay for me. Like at, at least I was getting it out in some type of way. That or I'll, you know, doing, you know, being intoxicated, and really that was my escape. After after a while, that became my escape. Was that? I mean, that was my easy way out. Cause rather than being at home and finally being like, "Hey, pops, you know, we need to, we need to chop it up, man. We need to talk about something." You know. No, but I was saying, like, why do pe? I mean, why do you think that people choose to take their own lives? Like, like what pushes them to to right? that to that extent? Damn. I don't... Um. Can I answer that? Yeah. Yeah. Anyone? Yeah. Go ahead. Okay, well, I mean, I don't know because I've never been at the point of taking my life. So that's going to go to another level. I can't get to that dark side. That means that they were so worn out with life. And, you know, maybe the drugs were just, they knew drugs were not the answer. I'm just going to go off of the drugs. Or maybe they knew the diagnosis was like, they accepted the diagnosis and they were tired of fighting. When you're tired of fighting, you just want to give up. And maybe they were fighting their whole life and didn't have the right coping mechanisms. So if you don't have the right coping mechanisms and you're holding this in, you're bottling in, you're not going to your support. But there's always a cry for help before people actually commit suicide. They are acting out. So let's go to children. When children want attention, they will 
resort to uh, they'll resort to negative attention because it's attention. So adults yeah. do it too. I do it too. I still do. When I'm mad at somebody, I'll go make a provocative reel, and it's not really provocative. I mean, there's no nothing actually showing, right? You know, I'm just like putting on a song like Cardi B, Bad Bitch, or Trina, or I'm trying to do something because I'm mad. I'm mad at the world. I'm mad at my ex. I'm mad at the situations that I've been in life. So I'll go post a song that I'm not supposed to listen to, right? Because I'm trying to go to the recovery side of being a Christian. And then I go and I fuck it up. And I do it all the time. I'm still doing it. Knowing this, I know what I'm doing. I know I'm going to piss somebody off. I know somebody's going to be like, bitch, who do you think you are? And I'm like, yeah, I know who I am. So I do it back. I'm out there doing it on social media. So we all act out, whether it's with drugs, a little uh-uh-uh, jabbing at somebody in society. We'll do it by talking back, by being here on this live, letting people know we don't give a fuck. That's my way of doing it. I don't care. I'm tired of living, um, not having emotional freedom. And that's what, what we do. So if you don't become emotionally free, guess what? You're giving up. You're giving now, up. Now, what would that look like? Giving up looks like killing yourself. Giving up no, looks no, no. like emotional kill. freedom. Emotional, emotional freedom. freedom means forgetting about the labels. So maybe, maybe I do want to be Christian. Maybe I do. Maybe I want to feel free and not feel like have this bondage anymore. But mm. it's a journey. So right now I'm on my journey. So being emotionally free starts with taking away the labels, taking away what people think of you, you do what you want on your journey. You do what mm. you want. You travel, you spend time with your kids. Maybe you might overspend a little and you're supposed to be saving, but shit, I want to go overspend sometimes to buy me some nice shoes. Maybe I want to take my family on a vacation. I mean, maybe I want to go to church today and then listen to Cardi B tomorrow. I don't know. But, you know, I listen to people who inspire me. And so mm. you start by following people who inspire you, whatever makes your heart pound. So for some people, that's lowriders. For some people, that's a cigarette. I mean, I'm not that I'm promoting smoking. Um, you know, for some people, that's drawing, that's writing, that's coming on lives, that's using their advocacy voice. For some people, it's, you know, listening to music or writing music, uh, creating art. But it always goes back to your passion, serving people, being a public servant of the world and using your God-given talents. When you start sharing your possessions, your gifts, you are starting to become emotionally free. And you don't care. You don't care what people are thinking, like uh, this bitch or who does this motherfucker think he is. You stop caring. And the caring part means the labels, the um, ideas that, of what people think you should be. You just start being yourself, who you really are inside and showing it to the world. That means pain flaws you're ugly well you're good bad and you're ugly because at the end of the day the people who really love you are still going to love you with all that stuff god's still going to love you right he tell he accepts us for who we are we're sinners Shit. see with with, with that with that the way you ex just express it right now you can actually have your own cult, like, <laughs> for real, for real. Because that's, that's like <laughs> i have a 17k reach and only 226 followers what's up with that Think about hey, it. Hey, hey, don't match up. Don't worry about the followers. Worry about the positive No. Stuff. Yeah. But the reach says it. My insights say it. So people are nosy. People like drama. People like to see mm -hmm. what you're doing, even though they won't like you or follow it. Yeah. Know that. That's fine. 
that's fine. Let let them watch. Let them watch. You just keep doing your exactly. thing. There's one thing you you did mention though that the labels and I, I asked myself where did do these labels that we we have like you know we follow nowadays where do they come from and one of those labels is religion. Now religion, the way they look at suicide, is actually does not help in a in in a in in like in a in a healthy emotionally way to the person that's suffering this this depression it tells the person that's suffering depression if you go further and take your own life you're going straight to hell so that just makes that person was you know that much more negative that much more in that dark place so like i don't i mean i believe in god but i don't subscribe to like things like that that is just you know it's like you know good and evil and things like that like that's just a state of mind I, I feel like everything that we go through in life is a state of mind. Happiness, anger, all these things that you can switch from one second to the next just by a thought. And just like that, a thought of taking your own life can come within a second. Just, just by that thought, I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it. And they say that the person that talks the most that mentions that they're going to take their own lives the most are the ones that rarely do it. The ones Correct. that don't say anything and have changed from when before they were depressed to after, the ones that don't say nothing are the ones that usually take their own lives away. So it, it's a tricky, it's, like I said, it's, it's not a one-size-fits-all scenario where we can just like be like, aha, he's the one. He's going to go and jump off the bridge next. We can't, there's no way to tell who's going to go, who's going to choose such an action next. But, but there are what, cries there, for help. There are warning signs. Yep. Warning signs is what I'm about to say. Like I said, you know, red flags. And those are the things that we need, uh, especially to the people that we know. And we know, and we know their ways, you know? Yeah, it's kind of weird because I talked to my friend two nights before, you know, We've been talking since, I mean, five months prior to that, almost on a day-to-day -day basis, just him talking about my music to me and, you know, the meanings of it and stuff like this and that. And it was kind of weird, you know, just two days later, after the last time he ends up doing it. I didn't really see signs. I just would see he would post weird pictures and stuff like that on social media. I was kind of like asking him about it. And uh, he kind of likes the demonic stuff. Mm. So I would just kind of look into it and it's kind of weird, you know, but as far as like signs or you never really even say anything about anything at all. But that was a sign because people who are holding things in will post things. They'll post things that are like encrypted messages. And when you're thinking, is that weird? It, it is weird. So then you got to message him and be like, hey, what's going on in your life? I noticed you've been posting these like pictures or maybe these posts with these like I hate the world or F my life, FML. When you start seeing stuff like that or you start seeing girls say some crazy stuff about their boyfriends or starting to act, you know, a little bit more provocative than normal, that's a sign. So then you're like, hey, what's up? I noticed you've been posting those things and that's not really your personality. You're a quote, quote, good girl. What's going on? Like, what are you angry about? What's hurting you? What's causing you that pain? What are you saying in that message? And they're going to turn around and be like, oh, nothing. But you're going to be like, hey, why don't you come over for some coffee tomorrow or the asada or why don't we meet up for lunch? Or, hey, I think you're perfect just the way you are, but maybe you're hurting a little inside. Let's go. Let's talk about it. I don't want to talk. 
well, uh, I, you know, you don't, in your mind, you're like I do. And so, you know, it's psychology. So you mess with them a little bit. Hey, I seen this picture. I thought you really liked it. I would like it. And it's a little more positive. And then you send it to them. You send them a quote. You send them a poem. You send them a lyric, so a positive lyric. You send them gold cast videos. You send them less brown. I don't know. Do something. If they're trying to be sneaky, you be sneaky right back. Yeah. That's the thing, though. Like, you got to be really careful when you talk to someone that's in this condition. Like, really careful because you may say the wrong thing and we'll push them even closer. You know, never yeah, push them. That was the best thing I never wanted to do. Was Just let them know you're going to be there for them no matter what. Don't do it. I wanted to do was push them away from, from me is have them quit talking to me because of something I said, you know, and then, I mean, I mean, it's like Brown said, you never would think, you know, that that person you're talking to is about to do what we're talking about right now. You know, it's you just... And then when the day comes, you just don't know how to feel or think. Yeah. And you kind of feel like it's, I don't know, like you could have done something. But then again, it's after times of asking. And, um, you know. Now check out this this way of, of, like, taking this route. My homie, rest in peace, uh, he actually went the route of, I don't give a fuck about life. Just doing, just doing all kinds of drugs and just, you know, he would come over here and just like cry to me, you know what I mean? And, and tell me about uh, um, his son, that he wasn't able to see his son and, and just he knew that he was going down. And, he, and every time, I, like I wouldn't see him for weeks and then all of a sudden he would come around and he, he, he would like. He would bring his like, cause he was into ice, right? He was he was doing that shit, and he would bring his his his, his um his glass pipe, right? And fucking um, he would be like, just fucking break it right here, like in, the, in my backyard, just break it, like, nah, this is it. I need to be there for my son. I need I need to do this, and and I would just like try to just just tell him, you know what? You you're strong. You're strong enough. You you can do it. Like you know, you just have to you just have to what take it one day at a time. I mean. And that's the thing that when, when you're in that position, like right now, people and, and just listening to this live, it's probably like, I know what to tell a person if, if they were going through su such things. But when you're in that position where you, it's your, your friend that you've known for a while and he's in this condition and you're trying to like pep talk him into, 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 into a positive state of mind, all these things flood into your mind and you're telling yourself, I don't want to tell him something that he's going to just be like, fuck, this guy sees me as a fuck up. And that's the last thing that I wanted him to, for, for him to think that I was feeling, for, you know, about him. And I wasn't, I was seeing a guy that was broken by society, really. You know, this whole system of like, you know, you have to, you have to marry. He never married that girl that he had a kid with and, and I can tell that he was, um, you know, he was going through a lot of stuff. And, I mean, with all respect, uh, a family member of the guy that I'm talking I'm not going to say a name, but a family member is on the live. And um, I just I just wanted to say if someone has a friend like that that is, like, straight up coming to you and telling you, man, I want to stop this. I can't stop it. Like, 
in advance know what you're going to tell that person because you don't when that moment happens like some people will freeze some some people will be like man what the fuck do i tell him what am i going to tell him can i can i uh tell you that this girl messaged me and she had just done heroin and uh she i don't even really i don't want to say anything bad about her but her and i actually kind of have a weird don't get along relationship and i'm still trying to protect her even though she screws me over um, all the time. I met her through a guy, and she ended up being his side chick. And then so she messages me and tells me, or I'm the side chick. I don't know. Let's not put that label on it. And so she messages me and tells me she's she had just done heroin, and it's a cry for help. And she tells me she wants to commit suicide. Ooh, it's so hard because, you know, at the same time, you know, you're hurting me. And you're hurting yourself, and we're all hurt in the situation, and um, it's a messy situation. And so I tell her, look, check this out, give me a second. I send her the suicide prevention hotline number, and I tell her, put this number in your phone. Your kids expect to see you. They expect you to be clean. They want to see you tomorrow. They want to know their mom's alive. They want to know that their mom's going to be for be there for them, and they will forgive you for everything that you've done as long as you get clean and stay consistent. And on top of that, I still think you're fucking funny and you're beautiful. She's beautiful. She really is. I'm not a hater. She's beautiful. I could see why he likes you. And I'm going to step away, and you're going to do what you have to do, and I'll even send you money for your kids. I want you to be clean. I want the best for you. I mean, I do. I want the best for everybody, even people who don't like me. Yeah, but I mean, I'm going to play devil's advocate too because we need to talk about both sides. And I know. some people take advantage. And uh, that's why a lot of family members give up on, you know, certain family members because of the taking advantage of. And that can only last for so long until you say, Fuck, I gotta I gotta cut this person off. You do. You have to do that. I had to do that too. I get it. Yeah. And it's and it's hard to do. It's hard to do because you you know, as a caring person, you want to do good. You want to make sure that you see this person again. You want to make sure that that this individual's kids have have a life with their parents, you know what I mean? And and you don't you don't want to see anyone go through that route because we've all seen what the result, what the end result is for a child, you know, in, in that circumstance. And it's like, but how can we go about and really be prepared as a friend, as a family member to talk about these things? How, how can we mentally prepare ourselves to talk about these things to our kids? I don't think you're ever really open, prepared. Man. Just be open-minded and just be willing to talk to somebody. I mean, especially us men, like we're, you know, we're, I mean, dealing with each other. I mean, sometimes even as our, as like friends, as homies, we're like, man, cut the bullshit, man. We don't want to talk about that. You know, we do the same shit like our, you know, what our dads would do to us. It's like, you know, we just got to be, as men, we got to be more open to talk to, especially our homies. Let them feel comfortable, you know. You know, let that stereotype, that stereotype fly out the window, and just realize we're we're just human beings, man. That's it. I mean, shit. 
Yeah, I talk to myself. I talk to myself a lot, you know, because I I can't trust anybody with my um, mm -hmm. being comfortable enough to talk to somebody or break down in front of somebody. You know, there's a couple times I have, and it just gets thrown in my face. So now I'm real timid about doing it. Cause that's another thing things, too. You know, that's that's I, a I, big I, thing right there, it, bro. I want to hear about it later. You know, that's a big thing right there, bro. What you said between family members and friends, like. If something happened and there was some kind of disagreement or some kind of a, you know, you guys are mad about something, when you bring up something that you've helped that person with, that's when things get like, man, like, that should never be, like, you know what I mean? That's one thing that, like, with the relationship, I know we, me and my wife had had, like, arguments and stuff and things get brought up or whatever in the heat of the being angry moment, um, and these they're just emotions that you you know we we were never taught to control and just like this just like this you know way of dealing with stress we were never taught to control these emotions now i have to oh anybody going no go oh, ahead Ashley. i want i like I'll, like listening to you sure uh, i'll put it a bit here um, I do have relatives, and uh, actually, most recently, um, one of one of my siblings. And this was this is was an accident, but here's the thing: even though it might be an accident, I still believe it. It was a bit of a cry for help. Um, uh, friends, and this was about two weeks ago, and uh, they were. Uh, engaging in some illegal activities uh, and uh, she had taken some fentanyl and she didn't know how much she took and what had take what had happened and she uh, she ended up uh, falling into unconsciousness uh, but here's the thing what really pissed me off I was like uh, the uh, the people that were around her decided to call her mom first and they didn't call the police or the ambulance or anything. I'm like, okay, well, that's common sense number one, but you know, that went out the door really quick. Um, but then they, you know, they contacted her mom and uh, she called the cops and the ambulances and stuff. Took her away. Uh, she died for about two minutes and they were able to revive her. But here's the thing. She had been engaging in a lot of like risky and, uh, we'll just say, yeah, a lot of risky behavior lately in the past few months. And I feel that at this time that she hasn't had the emotional support and also like physical support from either like a, a mom or a dad figure. And it's really sad when uh, young people take it into themselves to do these things to themselves. <laughs> And it's really saddening and it, it got me really upset because I'm like, this girl's only 16 years old and uh, she's, you know, doing all these things and she's kind of like acting out. But the thing is, I'm like, well, comes from a place of, you know, somebody's not there, that somebody's not present. Somebody is like not being there enough for her or like having this little girl occupied uh, enough that she's not having these extracurricular thoughts and or activities. Uh, and I see that's also, uh, let's say, on another subject of, let's say, uh, you know, parents and, you know, how they have their children and 
and if they do raise them in a certain way. But in this case, it wasn't a very good circumstance. Um, and uh, the fact that now she has to be like on on watch, you know, people have to monitor her and she's going to uh, to therapy and like an outpatient center. And it's it's not a good place. And I feel really sad that, you know, something like that has to happen to somebody that young. Uh, what I stress with, you know, the whole suicide uh, subject is that it, it, it's never expected, you know, of course, it's never expected. But when it actually happens, like in, in these certain ways, it just brings a, a type of awareness, not only to the people around uh, you know the said person who might have done it but then it also like it it makes other people like such as myself uh I'm like I want to be there for them you know I want to or if not I I attempted to be there for her it'll just say in previous times but it, it really is also you know the person who wants to receive that that help or receive that you know hey you know you can call me anytime you can text me anytime it's it's really that easy. Communication is so easy. And, you know, for people not to choose that, I, I get it. But uh, I'll say there are attempts on some sides. And uh, if somebody's not reciprocating, I, I can't do much. But in this in this sense, uh, I'm, I'm doing as much as I can to be there for this little girl. <laughs> but uh, yeah, sad situation. Um, but all, all I could say is that keep on being those, uh, those loved ones even if they're not reaching out to you and you're aware that maybe they have some personalities or some, maybe some signs that they're showing that, you know, they're in maybe some emotional stress, maybe you can just address it, you know, just like, Hey, are, are you all right? You know, what's your, what's your day like? And, you know, maybe ask those open-ended questions that maybe they'll, they'll be able to be comfortable enough to be answered with you. Mm. Sorry, my other phone. My phone died. It's all right. Now, see, uh, when when it comes to t seeing a, a, a therapist for depression, and they 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 want to come across and be like, uh, we are the experts at at uh you know at this problem, and and, and we we know uh, all about suicide. The expert of anything to do with that individual is in that individual's mind. Only that individual knows why they're about to do what they're about to do. Not a therapist would tell them, not a parent can tell them, because a lot of times there's that disconnect between parent and child. Only that person is able to really, really get to the point, to the bottom of why they feel how they feel. And because we don't, we're not trained in society through the system of schooling and all that, we're not ever sat down in a, in a classroom setting and told how to go about in addressing these situations. So the first, since that's not happening, parents aren't equipped with the right tools to be able to, to have that connection with their child, to be able to tell their child, you know, this is what you're going through and this is how you handle it. This is what you do this is what you eat. This is how you go about and, and addressing your situation to balance out what you're dealing with. We're not able to do that as parents. I'm not able to do that. But through networks like this, 
through 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 different outlets that that, that we need to we need to search that up because the school is not going to tell us how to do things. So we as as like caring individuals, we we need to go out there and look for the answers so we can have the tools to do that. And that's why a lot of times like you know there's a stigma that people don't want to go to a therapist because it's like you know they, they call them shrinks for a reason you know what i mean like it's it's just this bad uh thing that's attached to seeing a therapist this bad label that once you're you you've been at a therapist's office or a, a shrink's office that you're already labeled as as whatever they, they label so society labels you and once you're in that position you're you almost feel like you're broken, like you're a broken human being. Nobody wants to be feeling like they're a broken human being. I feel like can a I broken stop? human being. Can I say something? Yeah. Um, you got to take a look at a scholarly article on risk factors and protective factors. So we have protective factors. All of us have them. I don't really know them exactly right now. I wrote a paper on it. can't remember. Don't want to talk about it. But anyone can like add to that we all have protective factors so she mentioned extracurricular activities kids need to be in extracurricular activities so that way they have a strength so uh, sometimes our strength isn't spiritual sometimes our strength is in our family it is these lives we have we all have protective factors in some way or another they're out there so we need to know what they are and nobody is an expert in our mind we are the expert they're a good therapist knows that and so when you go through um therapy it's there's something called uh it's called uh problem-based or solution-based therapy it's short term it's eight usually eight sessions and it's just to fix one problem so i wouldn't say broken i would say bent or bent we're not broken if we accept the label of broken and then we're going back into victim uh, victim, uh, you know, victimizing ourselves. And we don't want to victimize ourselves. We don't want to be victims. We want to be survivors. We want to be survivors of whatever happened. So once we go to that positive talk, to that changing, you know, reversing those thoughts, those negative automatic thoughts called gnats, there's a, you need a cognitive behavioral therapy so you can train your mind and your thought process into, okay, I'm ugly. No, you're not. You're beautiful. But society says, I'm ugly. I'm fat. I'm chubby. I have stretch marks, whatever. So what? You've been through life. You had a baby. That's so beautiful. So there's always ways to change those negative automatic thoughts. And, you know, CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy or mindfulness or meditation, you know, church, whatever will work. If you are consistent and you're always, if you do have some kind of chemical imbalance and you're surviving it, you know what? You're a survivor. Take away the labels. So what? So what if I'm diagnosed with, uh, and I'll say I'm diagnosed with major depressive disorder reoccurrence. So what? So what if I cry? Guess what? Moms operate on tired. Moms cry all the time. What woman hasn't cried? What man does not want to cry and holds it in? Just, you know, you just got to just be like, so what? And you just got to keep fighting because if you don't fight for yourself, then you gave up and you can't give up because there are people who rely on us being there. We make people smile whether we believe it or not. That's it. That's a big one right there. You know, man crying. Like I've actually made myself cry when I, when I was really like, you know, 
feeling anxious and uh, all that going on. I I mean I I felt like especially with the medication they gave me I I felt like really numb, like I just wasn't me like really numb and I I had to make myself cry to feel something you know what I mean and uh, put on a sad song make yourself cry. Say that again. It was chopping. Put on a sad song. Put on an oldie. Make yourself cry. Mm -hmm. I watched the Notebook once so I so I can cry. It didn't make me cry though. <laughs> Titanic. Watch Titanic. <laughs> I don't want, I don't want nobody hey. dying Titanic. <laughs> Selena yeah, does it to me. Yeah, Selena does it for me for sure. <laughs> Anybody you relate to, make yourself cry because you got to get it out. It's cleansing your soul. I don't have to make myself cry. I, I mean, honestly, if, if you've heard any um, past uh, videos I've done with Brown, I've, I've been through some trauma. So I, I definitely just cry over some, you know, having thoughts of other things that, you know, have hurt me or pained me. So, but yeah, I really could relate with somebody at, at a certain point, I'll say, um, Ashley, at 22 years, I, would, I wouldn't have those situations where I would cry because I, uh, at that time, was such a, a callous person, such a, a person that just internalized my, my anger, my, my Pain, and I, I didn't have any other coping mechanisms at the time to to deal with uh, the things that you know either stressed me out or made me angry or or made me sad. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll give you a example. Like my best friend slept with my my boyfriend at one time, and and I told her that was okay because I had no like mm -hmm. I didn't have any. Uh, at the time, you know, young person, I just didn't have like a sense of boundaries. I'm like, oh, like, you know, she was my best friend. And like, we hung out all the time. And, like she, you know, went and jumped, you know, on my boyfriend's bones, like when, when I was away. And I'm just like, well, that's fucked up. But at the same time, I still accepted it. You know, it's, it's a different mindset. You, know, you, you have to process things, you have to make sure that they, they make you because otherwise like you, you can't, uh, or I like to in a metaphor like a washing machine you know you have thoughts and they're going round and round and round they never they never escape they never you know get clean or whatever you want to say but uh, that's just it you gotta just have you know the strength to want to think better or just want to uh, overcome those those because Negative things but won't go away. Uh, I mean, have to live with that. That's a reality. Uh, negative experiences, they are there. But here you can add positive experiences. You touched on something really good. You touched on something really good. And I think that I, I love hearing you talk. Um, you, you touched on something. You didn't have boundaries, but you have them now. Yes. Okay, so boundaries is a, is a protective factor. Once you make you once you establish clear clear boundaries, and you make boundaries like, hey, this is the line. You can't cross it. You hurt me. You can't keep hurting me. There, you got to create a boundary, or I'm hurting myself because I keep continuing to have these negative thoughts. So then you got to create a boundary within yourself. So that's that's a good one right there. Like you already realize within yourself. Um, that boundaries was what separated from you 
you know, having an issue with something because it was out of your control, right? At a certain extent, at a certain point, if, if you didn't assess it from the get-go like that. But see, some people aren't able to, like, put that two and two together. So they give up at that moment where it's like they're not able to get to that point, to that level that you got with your mind in being able to be assertive and, 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 and say, communicate what you want the right way the way you want to communicate it. And a lot of women aren't able to be assertive that way. They're more of like, well, okay, let you let the man take the the whatever whatever it is that, you know, the wheel to to whatever situation or whatever issue that's going on between us. Like a woman is a lot of times is like leaves it off to someone else to handle it. I would say about men too that aren't able to like really have they're, they're like, they don't have the way to communicate. Like, they're not able to communicate what they really want in, in life. You know what I mean? So they, so they go through life, you know, kind of going with the flow. Because I, I went with the flow for a long time, not being able to really, you know, know what I wanted because I wasn't able to really, you know, assertively say things. Yeah. That's the problem because uh, at, at the end of the day, you, you feel such a – a way about yourself that it's well at least in my experience uncertainty like you're like i'm not even sure if this is right for me and if it is right for me i i feel it's right for maybe the situation but at the same time you you really have to recognize that it is really all about you you have to you have to do that for yourself even though as as much as you think about others around you and and you might consider like, oh, you know, if I if I don't do this for myself, this person's not going to like me or this person's going to reject me or this, you know, at the end of the day, it fuck them. <laughs> I mean, like, really, like it, it isn't about it isn't about them. It's about you. And and who's the one who's going to be suffering? I mean, who's the one who's going to um, have, have the remnants of of the bullshit after the fact that maybe this person you know, had had this idea about you or they they might have, like I said, hurt you in a way where it may be physical or mental or just through another situation. It's uh, yeah, it's it's one of those things I, I, I really struggle to to identify with myself. I'm just like, shoot, you know, I, I really should not care too damn much about everybody else because ultimately it's me who has to go through those things and so understanding your worth, we all have worth. We were born in God's image. God thinks we're perfect even when we're imperfect. So if you look at yourself through God's image, or if you don't believe in God through divinity or integrity, I'm, I'm a person with integrity because I wouldn't do that to my best friend. Yeah. And I wouldn't cross her boundary. And I wouldn't want anybody to hurt that way. And my worth is and my level of boundary and what I want. And I'm going to give an example, right? We have to know what we want. Do we want people cheating on us? No. Do we want loyalty? Yes. Do we want somebody who has our back no matter what? Yes. So then I manifest it. I manifest it into the world. I, you know, the universe through God, I say, God, you know what? Bring me a good man. Bring me somebody that's going to have my back, even though I may be a little loca sometimes. <laughs> Or, you know, maybe I'm a risk taker and he he knows that I want this in life and I'm a big dreamer and he's going to applaud me when I, you know, make him coffee. Ooh, you know, something little. 
You know, not because he expects it because I'm being submissive. So then I don't want a man who wants me to be submissive. So there's my boundary. I want a strong man. I want somebody who believes in God. I want somebody who's a little bit macho, but not in a, a horrible way, you know, in a way that he protects me and his family. And, you know, so you put this out into the universe and you know your worth already. I know you know your worth. And you tell yourself that every day. I know my worth. I have integrity. I'm a human being. I'm beautiful. It doesn't matter about appearances. I'm talking about your heart and soul. And so even men got that in them. They, they know what they have. They know their qualities. And so you put that into the world and that's what you manifest. And that's where, you know, this emotional freedom begins. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that's the thing, though. Uh, like, not, not a lot of men know their worth, though. A lot of men are. They sure because they're guided. worthy. Well, yeah, everyone should. But the, the thing is that there's a lot of things that, that blind people nowadays. There's social media. That alone, that's like, you know, that's that's changing a whole culture right there. That that's changing a whole. Who said? What was that? Is that why you think, uh, well, I mean, this is statistics say it, speak for themselves. You know, it's more likely for a man to commit suicide than a woman. Is yeah. it because they can't express their... Like she said, the, how'd you say, emotional freedom? Yeah. You know, I mean, is, you think that's why? Because they don't know how, or they don't know that. Yeah. They have, I mean, of course. that's They don't know how. Society has basically taught them gender roles. So mm -hmm. men be tough, men keep it in, men bottle in, and real man doesn't cry. But going back to what you said about, you know, these kids are a little bit softer. That's good. That's progression. You know, maybe they look softer because when we were growing up, they had to be tough a certain way. We had to be tough. But guess what? We're in a different trend now. And there's these hipsters and there's these, you know, LGBTQ plus people coming out and they're being more free. There's that uh, move that show on Netflix series called Pose in the 80s during the, you know, the AIDS epidemic. You know, we got to be more educated and accept people for who they are. And love is love. And, you know. We got to treat people with human dignity and worth, with self-governance, because we need people to govern themselves and their emotions. They are the experts. And we accept people, whether we like it or not, whether we agree with it or not, whether the Bible says it's bad or not. I don't give a fuck. I'm going to love whoever I want. And I'm going to love myself because people will love real. They love real. They love people with integrity, with people who have human dignity and worth, people who have boundaries. People are attracted to that. And when you go out there with confidence, like, I'm just going to throw it out there, like Queen B, Beyonce, like Jay-Z, like, I got this. Then guess what? People believe you. Yeah. People will believe you. Yep. No, first, you got to believe yourself, though, because you can you say do. all these things and, like, not even believe it in yourself. Like, you know what I mean? But you have, to, you have to want to believe it. You have to want to be passionate. You got to make yourself believe it every day. You wake up every day and you're thankful for something. So you give thanks to God for having an opportunity of life. You find something to be grateful for. And that changes your automatic, your negative automatic thought. I'm grateful for coffee. I'm grateful that I don't have to eat carbs every day because I'm not in a domestic violence shelter anymore. And it sucked when I couldn't eat tacos and I hated the cooking. You know, this is what I tell myself. I'm thankful for social media, even though there's a dark world out there, social media. I'm going to get on social media now and use it for the good. Mm, see, that's taking I'm control. Gonna 
That's what I talk yes. about. You know, that's taking because a lot of people don't know the power of the internet in general, like not just social media, but like, and people seem to just think that social media is just for fun and games. Like, no, people are actually making money on social media, believe it or not. Yes, they are. And like, they're, yes, they're they taking that to their own benefit for their own power. You know what I mean? And, uh, on, you know, now that we're down the road talking about, you know, social media and, and influencers and whatnot, music. Now, I've noticed a lot of songs that are being heavily promoted have a real low vibrational tone to them and have a negative uh, 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 you know, message. Like, a lot of songs are suicidal uh, prone. Like, they're 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 preaching suicide. Mm -hmm. guys, I don't listen to that. What's your guys' thought? I mean, you're not listening to it, but best believe kids are kids are really are. bombarded by these songs by the people in power within the music industry. And whether we want them listening to it or not, they're gonna be exposed to it one form or another because they're gonna be around others that may not have a, a strong. Uh, you know, uh, a family thing at home where they're covered from not listening to these songs. They're going to be exposed to it one form or another. And how do we talk about it? You know, like, like XXX, he was talking a lot about uh, 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 suicide. You know what I mean? I don't and, know who that is. Um... And kids are, were heavily into that. It's still to this day, even though he passed away, kids are, are into that stuff. I should know I work with kids. Like, you know, so it's like, I know what they're listening to, and it's no good. Like they're they're literally listening to uh, Cardi B and all this and that, and it's just. Oh, that's, and that's Sorry. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, but, you but you're an adult. Like you can, uh, you know, you can really like put two and two together. You know what I mean? But like kids, about, they don't uh, know any better. Exposing them to something new. So like Cleo Soul. Cleo Soul is beautiful. Her soul is beautiful. Erica Badu, you know, Lauren Hill, Miseducation. Yeah, they don't, they don't listen to another that. No, you expose it to them. He's like, hey, I'm going to start with the song today. Have you guys ever heard of Lauren Hill? This is some old stuff, but you know. <laughs> or how about some Nas? You know, uh, let's play some Tupac. I know that Tupac isn't the best example, but he was an advocate. And he had some powerful statements. His poetry book, The Rose Which, That Grew Out of the Concrete. If I may add, was also a contributor to the suicide conversation. You're asking me or who you are? No, I'm, I'm, I'm mentioning that, that Tupac was also talking about suicide. Well, he had some dark thoughts, you know, people, you know, people right. depict what they're feeling. Um, but he didn't kill himself. So, you know, he yeah, was you're fighting right, but it's, uh, things. it's more, I mean, just talking about it, it gets into the kids' heads. and into it, 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 it leads them down the path where they can potentially die you know so you know i don't know because i listen to a lot of you know music you know interviews and whatnot and it's like you know it just it just it's going from bad to worse when it comes to music since we're on the conversation of music right now you know dealing with this topic but it's just and not only is it a bad thing but it's it's all the money that's poured into making sure this new generation is like almost um, uh, you know, 
being able to like really brainwash them with this new music. I mean, yeah, I was brainwashed with the whole thug life mentality. You know, my generation mm -hmm. was was bombarded with that shit. You know what I mean? And now this new generation, it seems like they're being bombarded with, uh, with this whole. Not to say that you know it's bad, because you like you said, you know they're coming out being free, whatnot. The whole LGBTQ, and it just seems like they're pushing it too fucking hard, and it's confusing the fuck out of kids. You know what I mean? Like, we, there's literally I work with Kinder right now. There's literally a few boys that are in the classroom dressing like girls, fucking five year olds. Well, oh shit! Am I, am I freezing, or is that you guys? No, that was my my Wi-Fi. My oh, okay, my bad. I thought it was me. But you know what? There's there's literally fucking boys, five year olds in fucking kinder, dressing like girls, like coming coming into class with tutus and shit. I mean, that's not their fucking choice. The parents is buying the clothes. Yeah. Let definitely. the fucking children choose who the fuck they want to be. Like, let them. You know, fucking live life before they start dealing with fucking gender identities and shit. And that, I feel, down the line, it just brings more confusion to where when they're adults, it's going to bring a whole lot of fucking uh, uh, just more confusion. Because, like, it, it's just, come on, if a kid is already, you know, being fucking, like, dealing with bullying and all these other elements that is just taking them away from what they need to have their minds on gender identity is another fucking thing like like come on like it's crazy i'm actually surprised there hasn't been a lot of suicides considering that gender thing you know i mean or with like the lgbt and all that stuff i mean because with the kids like you said that's what i was trying to say earlier i just didn't want to say because that's a touchy subject too with these kids man like they're young and they're exposed to it and it's like you said, it's a, a lot of it. I don't feel like it's their decision because there's some around here that, I mean, everywhere that you see. And the parents, you know, they're either gay or they're lesbian, or, and they have them dressing some type of way, the way that they want them to dress. And it's, it's not okay, you know. It's like you said, I think the kids should pick the way they want to dress or pick who they want to be, not be forced into this way of living. I mean, kind of as a parent, I mean, like they should kind of respect the kid too you know i mean because they don't know what that kid's gonna have to go through later on in life or even at the moment because mm. there's some there's some kids that they're not used to that you know they're, they're used to a co-ed family you know so they go to school and they see a boy wearing you know like you said a tutu or they see a girl wearing baggy pants and a t-shirt and a hat you know then i mean that's where the conflict starts and all the parents could say was like, don't worry about that. Instead of, you know, going to the store and say, hey, what do you want to wear? And if that's what the kid chooses, that's what the kid chooses. I mean. That's scary, though, bro. That's scary because it's, that, that just brings more more to the table to deal with, to unpack later on in life. Yeah, but if, then at least I As if life is not already know. fucked up, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. As a parent, you would know. I mean, I mean, you would know your kid. I mean. I would rather my, know my kid before anybody else does. Mm -hmm. You know, I would rather take my daughters and they say, hey, I want to wear boy clothes. Uh, okay, well, we're going to go home. We're going to talk about it. Like, why do you want to wear it? Mm -hmm. 
Mm. You know, if that's the case, then I mean, that's my kid. I mean, I'm gonna love him no matter what. And I, mean, I know this is gonna piss off people us talking about no, this yeah. because you know, but it is what it is, bro. It's out there, and it does affect everyone. You know, because we're oh, yeah. around it. We're around it. Our kids are around it. And, you know, it, it's just, like I said, it's just more confusion to life in general. You know, I went to Colorado a few years ago. And the thing that got me, and it was before, you know, like the gay marriage and all that stuff passed. There was already, um, what do you call it? I don't want to say and disrespect anybody. Is it unisex? Bathrooms? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. All okay, gender. So, all, yeah. So there was, like, men going, like, to the girls' bathroom and then the, the girls going, into, like, it was just, you know, and there was um, transgenders. And it was my, you know, my kids were kind of like, what's going on here? Like, there's a guy trying to go in the bathroom and I was standing outside the door. Like, no, man, you have to wait. You know, my daughter's in there. You know, so it was kind of, uh, it was kind of weird because it started... I think it started down there. I don't know. That was the first time I ever seen it was in Colorado. Mm. And it was, you know, it was different for us too because here in Kansas, we don't still even now. I mean, you rarely see that. But see, trip out, bro. Like that, that's just the power of the parent, bro. Of the necessity that no matter what a parent is going through, that we need to combat whatever mental issue we have in a healthy way and really get to the bottom of it. Because if you were not around, bro, around your daughter going into that restroom and a man went in there like that, bro, that's all bad, homie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it, I don't It's a, It's weird, you know? It's just, I don't know. That's, on that subject, it's, it's kind of hard to talk about. Like I said, you don't, you don't want to disrespect anybody. It's something that, I mean, probably needs to be talked about, but. And that's the thing, bro, that people that usually start talking about it, they, they right away get shut down. People start stop tuning in. And, the, you know, this hate thing starts, you know, this hate speech, you know, starts being labeled to the to the conversation. And it's like, no, like I said, it, 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 it affects us, bro. It affects us no matter what people say, uh, you know, and, and like not only that, but like every – there's all these aspects of people in power putting money into making sure that it's out there, it's being promoted. And I always, you know, I always listen to the new music to see what's really being promoted nowadays. It's a lot and, of drugs and a lot of suicide, a lot of... Yeah, I mean, it's always been drugs, even since, since, since the beginning of hip-hop yeah. rap. Um, they, they talked about, I mean, come on, white lines and shit like that. They talk, I mean, they didn't glorify it. They talked about what was out there. But, you know, I mean... Whatever's in the music is what's really, really being fucking the money, the money, the city money, state money is really poured into making sure this is out there and making sure people know, you know. So it's like right now what's really being fucking like promoted heavily is is, is the whole LGBTQ and uh, the what is it called? That one drug uh, fentanyl. What is, what is that called? Yeah, yeah. that shit. That's just being talked a whole lot about. And now. I remember sometime back they had this drug that supposedly was coming from Florida and that it was supposedly going to be, you know, over here in, in the, you know, in the, in the West coast. Um, and it was like this drug where they can like some, some powder that if they like blow it towards your direction, you actually like can, 
So like you, someone can manipulate you to do whatever you. You're conscious, like you're you're awake, but they can like talk to you and have you do whatever they want you to do. That's scary. Like a, like a That's scary as fuck. Hell yeah. 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 They have like people on on camera like that. You know, they 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 they, they use that drug on that person and they took him to the to the um, ATM to take the kinds of money out and the person was like conscious, like he was touching the buttons and whatnot, but they're. They're easily influenced, you know. What I mean, they're uh, forgot that word, but um, they basically uh, follow directions of what they what the person wants. Right? You know, they they do that shit, but it's that's just scary, you know. And it's just yeah. all these they, all these elements that uh that is making us more and more anxious as to what's to come. And of course, it's not it's not good to to worry in general. It's just not good to worry. But if you're a parent, it's it's kind of um. <laughs> That's not even a question if you're going to worry or not. You know what I mean? That's just, you're, you're on worry mode 24 um, 7. But yeah, I mean, what's your guys' thoughts on, on like the whole, like the whole thing with like the school system and like the, the way things are, kids committing suicide on school grounds? I mean, just this past couple weeks ago, uh, a teacher, a young teacher here in, in where I'm at, Salinas, just took his own life on school grounds. They found his body in the school grounds, like in his class you or something. Think, like, the school can do more to help the kids, because you know, I know you work with the kids and stuff. Do you feel like the schools can do more? They can, bro. But like just today, I was talking to um to the to a guy that uh that I've actually known for a while um in the school um where I worked at, and he's actually trying to become the the new uh, school psychologist. And I was talking to him like, you know, a um. How do you see this the the school system right now? I mean, and I know it's like a lot of stuff going on, but like I know it's got to be way more complicated than I imagine it. And uh, he says that there's a lot of disconnect between just everything that trickles down from the top, where the you know where the state tests come from, to where the teachers get it, to the information from the teacher to the parent. There's a lot of disconnect, and especially with people that come from like Oaxaca and in places of that sort where they speak uh, Triki, uh, there's a lot of disconnect. And uh, right off the bat, I'm going to say there's a big uh, misunderstanding where people that speak more than like bilingual or trilingual, uh, there's a big misunderstanding that they are like dumber than. And we were just talking about that, but it's like, they're the smartest fucking people in the schools, if anything. It's just that the schools are not able to teach them in a way that they're supposed to be taught because of their language barrier. And a lot of the problems come from that. The, the disconnect of communication and how they should. And parents, and I mean, uh, teachers actually told me as well, like, they can't express how they really feel because they would get in trouble. Really? And I actually one time got fucking uh, in trouble because of uh, I was giving out pamphlets to this one parent because his his son in class he was just straight up saying he wanted to kill himself, and uh, you know that that was like fuck like I had never encountered that in school, so that took me by big time surprise. I didn't know how to handle that shit. So what I did, I just you know kind of like took him to the side and had a talk with him and, you know, trying to get to the bottom of it. Uh, and of course, it's always something 
It all, everything, oh, uh, for the most part, stems back to parents. Parents is the biggest reason why a kid is going through some shit. Yeah. And, of course, the dad was not in the picture, and the mom treated him a certain way. Actually, and I've seen it. His 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 sister, his smaller sister, was also in that school, and I would see how the mom would treat the daughter, the little one, in comparison to how they would treat the the the, the son. And they would like, I can see it. You know, you can see when when there's someone treated a little better than the other, and he noticed that too. So when the when the mom came to pick up the son, um, you know, I told the situation and. Um, you know, the next day, I went off to, to get some pamphlets, uh, like county pamphlets and stuff like that, to see a therapist. And uh, I don't know how the fuck the, the um, what's it called, like the district office got a hold of me. Oh, Victor, we know that, that uh, it came to our attention that you've been um, handing out pamphlets to parents, um, county pam pamphlets. And uh, that's not something we do. And I'm like, but have you guys ever trained me for a situation like this? No, we haven't. But, you know, this is not something we do in the district. Well, how were you guys supposed, how was I supposed to handle the situation not being told or shadowing someone that may have gone through this to know how to handle this? And they just left it at that. And after that, the school has like these meetings where, you know, like, you know, beginning of school year type meetings or whatnot. I was fucking verbal as fuck about it. And I was kind of like the dude that was just like troublemaker, whatever. I can tell, I can tell right away vibes. People would, you know, look at me kind of like the, oh, there's this guy again. The outspoken motherfucker. Here he goes. You know what I mean? And that's the, that's the fucked up part about schools, man. The fucked up part that really gets me that, when someone's trying to make a change, everyone gangs up because it's out of the fucking normal. Because it's something that they don't fucking have the guts to do. You're making them uncomfortable because the thing is, you are trying to create change. People are uncomfortable with change. But here's the thing, Brown. Keep on doing that. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what they think because ultimately, whatever... I mean, shit... <laughs> I, like, just said right now, like you did not have a protocol for the, we'll just say the, the suicide uh, approach. Like mm. you did not have instructions from your higher ups or, or your superiors of what to do. So you took it upon yourself to at least get state, you know, documents that are actually legal documents and do the right thing as far as, you know, give that out to whomever if it was the parent or whatever it was. And at the same time, like, they had a meeting about it. Or like you said, they they now have to have a meeting about it. You made a difference. You made a change. No, they don't have a meeting about it. They have an annual, you know, beginning of school meeting where we, they, they it's, it's pretty much a fucking little tea fucking party and shit. What they do every year is just wasting fucking taxpayers' money. And that's all that the, they have these, like, you know, where they talk about, you know, you know, behavior and shit, but they don't really get to the bottom of, of, of behaviors and shit, how to, how to really, they just have the, these little fucking bullshit PowerPoint presentations and things uh, like that, but that's, they have a, a, a yearly thing. Before, before school, 
the school year starts and um, they have one like mid school year or some shit. I stopped attending those because I just feel like I was just like pushed to the side with my concerns. And it's like, it's sad. It's sad as fuck because uh, like I said, you know, it's just, if more teachers were to speak up, there would actually be changes. But they, you know, a lot of them want to just go for the fucking pay. A lot of them want to just fucking go for, for just, you know, and, and also a lot of teachers have real concerns, real fucking concerns. And the, the, the district rarely fucking takes anything into consideration because it's not a part of the funding. It's not a part of their curriculum and the curriculums are fucking shit to yeah. be, you know, to be straight up curriculums are, sh are fucking shit. You know, all most teachers, you know, complain about it. They're, they're, they're super rushed to get to the curriculum. They're under pressure. If they skip a certain uh, lesson, they're right away. Someone comes into the classroom to fucking check up on you into why it is that you check, you know, skip the lesson. Why is it that you're teaching this? Not that like, like teachers can't be fucking teachers anymore. Uh, yeah, I see that. I, I, you know, I want to give a shout out. Gil from American Cholo is on this, on your life. <laughs> What's up, Gil? Como estas, carna? <laughs> uh, but, you know, that's a really valid uh, point to put out. Put out. I really feel that there's, there's a, a lot more educators that are more involved with uh, just but a little bit more like cool their own that they should really address these problems i i do have a question for you. um is there any people just for you to create i don't know a a type of either informational program or you know something with your school that you could you know do on your own a lot of what you said right now was cutting off can you can I do a little elaborate on what you just said? Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, I was asking, is there anything you can do extracurricular from your uh, your own, let's say, your own situation involving? I'm I'm trying to find the words for it because I'm not an educator. Hello. Oh. Yeah, and I'm here. Yeah. Okay. Is there anything like separate from the curriculum? Yes. There you go. Separate from the curriculum, like if you were to, I wouldn't say start your own meeting, but start your own like little you know, side thing that, you know, hey, you get to express yourself this way and, and, you know, maybe some other parents or other educators might join you in that scene. Well, everything has to go through the district. It has to be district approved, first of all. And they, yeah, that's, it has to be something that is aligned with what they're teaching, which that already says it all. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to instill, I, I don't want to say traditional, but I think traditional um, ways of teaching things is far more effective than the way they teach things now. I see. Uh, was it Rasa Stan was saying that uh, schools are like, like what was that? Rasa Stan uh, was saying that schools are kind of run like prisons. Well, yeah, they're institutions. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I, I could see where one would be frustrated if they want to create change in a place where, or I want to say, the rules are not really able to be flexible. 
now going back to the actual topic, how does this affect our kids? Um, I think the kids feel it, man. I, I think they feel like the teachers don't give a fuck, you know? Like, they feel, I mean, even in schools, it starts from a young age. I mean, if they don't feel comfortable at home talking to anybody, I mean, because like I said, whenever I was literally to a point, I mean, I had a chain around my neck, you know, about to jump off the bucket. I mean, I was only 15. You know, I was to the point where I was done. I heard my mom's voice, and that's what stopped me. I heard her coming up the stairs. I said, I didn't want my mom to see me like that. But if it wasn't for my mom, I mean, I would have done it. You know, because I was to a point where, I mean, I couldn't talk to nobody. I mean, I mean, I just didn't want to be around anybody. It's like you said earlier when we first started this, I quit doing everything that I loved. I quit doing sports. I quit chilling with my homies. Like, I just wanted to be alone. Like, I was just done. You know, I couldn't talk to anybody. Like, I mean, you got to a point where the homies were like, like man, we got, you know, we don't want to talk about that shit. And then, you know, so it was just, I was done. Mm. The only thing that, that saved me was I got locked up until I was 18. Because I'd have probably tried it again. Mm. That's the only thing that I feel like that saved me. Because the next day at school, the cops came and they took my ass in and I was gone. If it wasn't for that, I think, yeah, I'd have probably tried it again. Man, how about this whole figuring out who the fuck we are in society, bro? That's a motherfucker, man. You got to know who you are, man. You got to really come to terms to who you are as a person. I mean... <laughs> Whether you like it or not, who you are, I mean, you just got to come to terms with that. Because so sometimes it's hard to understand who you are, I mean, as a person, you know? Because, I mean, I'm I'm 27, man. It took me this long, and I'm still learning about myself. But it took me this long to understand that I'm not good in relationships, and I got to, and I gotta, you know, better myself, you know? Even as a dad, I mean, I got to be... I got two daughters, and I got to be real understandable and real um, with my emotions. I mean, intact with my emotions and stuff, you know, rather than, um, oh, you know, brush it off, fuck it, whatever. You know, I got to sit down with them and talk with them, right? Not like if they're, and I don't want to say if they were, if they, they were boys, because even with boys, I mean, you got to be like that, too. Mm. I mean, you got to let them know. You got to let... Whoever it is, you know, especially if they're younger, let them know that you're there for them. You know, like I said, it starts at a young age, man. It's got it does, to. Man. I mean, I don't think that at 30 years old, you, you just wake up one day and say, you know what, fuck it. You know, it's got to start from, you know, from when you're starting to mold, you know. I, I really do think that, that there's a line, there's a threshold where once you get to a certain age, it gets really hard to unpack certain uh, certain things mentally it gets really hard to really wrap your mind around why the fuck certain things happen the way they happen in your life and that's what really fucks with me like that's i mean i'm over a lot of the things that uh you know growing up either parent issues either school issues either identity issues knowing what the fuck you know what i mean like who am i and and what what group do I belong with? You know what I mean? The whole gang shit, the whole... I pretty much, you know, am okay with myself at this point. 
uh, when it comes to all those issues. But if I would have started dealing with it earlier in my life, I probably would have been way better at this point. But how can we take that step to to get to the root of shit with ourselves? What there's no fucking manual for this. There's no there's none of this. I mean, people would you know tell you that it's, it's in the Bible, but for someone that just wants the immediate, you know, answer, because that's what we all want. We want the right away answer. Because if we don't get the right away answer, we're gonna take our own lives. You know what I mean? So it's like. What what steps would you tell someone? Okay, you know what? You feel this way. You had fucking issues with your parent, with your dad. He was traditional. Okay, he fucked you up in your mind because he wouldn't tell you certain things that you expect to hear, that you hear other parents say to other kids. Okay, this is how you deal with it. How would you tell a person that's been dealing with that and now they're an adult, but they're fucked up because of it? How would you tell someone how to deal with it step by step? I don't know about steps, man. But with me, when I get real intellect and real intact, like, when I mean something, you can tell it in my voice. Se me baja la voz, my voice, it, it, it deepens, you know, and it, I get this little feeling back here, you know, like that feeling you get when you're going to cry or something. Mm. But it's just, it's not that. It's just more being more sincere, more, mm. you know, it coming straight from here, from my heart, coming out. You know, mm. actually saying, I mean, what I feel I need to say at this I mean, not even think about what to say, just saying what I feel I need to say at the, at the moment. I don't, I don't feel like there's any steps, man. It's just really, you really got to mean what you say when you're talking to somebody that you know is down. I mean, there's times that my homies, they didn't tell me they were down. I could just feel it. You know, mm. I could sense it. I can just, by their vibe, they're acting just a little different. Or, you know, I could tell they were upset about something. I just tell them, you know what, homie, no matter what, I mean, you got me, you know. What it is, I mean, tomorrow morning I'm gonna come pick you up. We're gonna go out to eat, you know. I mean, and there's people that they throw religion and stuff on people, and I, I think I only. Oh, you cut off, bro. What was that? Oh, we can't hear you, bro. Cut off. Well, I, I think step one, I think, would be emotional support then. Mm. Step one, having a, uh, somebody, whomever, if, if you are present when that person is there. I mean, just do exactly that. Just listen to them. Because that is exactly the reason why they have measured up to that moment is because nobody wanted or they felt that nobody would want to listen to them. And so that would be my first step uh, is to listen to the individual, whatever they have to say. Uh, I, I can't, I'm all like, I, I wish I didn't have experience with this. Cause like, I, I mean, this sounds exactly how it is because I, I have been trained in how to uh, speak to certain people when it comes to, if they're going to commit suicide. Uh, so uh, with that being said, uh, yeah, so the emotional support, you just have to listen to them. And then here's the thing. If they are at that point where they are, you know, about to do something, uh, you would have to, if you're there in person with them, you would just, you know, just 
touch, you know, physically, if they allow you to touch them, you know, like I said, if it's, if it's words that you can bring for comfort, um, it's good to, you know, uh, touch them, give them that, that physical acknowledgement that they're, they are validated that, you know, I, I do see you're here, you're struggling, you're having, you know, internal conflict in your mind. And, you know, you don't want to go through that pain anymore. So after, uh, I'll just say, if you can calm that situation down, after the emotional support, it would be smart to, uh, to say contact a professional, because to that point, and this is just the, the reality of, of it, uh, if you do not have the, the training and the skills to help an individual like that, they do need to seek professional help. And uh, that is, I know, a very hard and difficult thing to come to a decision about because there is a lot of stigma, as we've been discussing this whole evening, about, you know, if it be psychologists, therapists, psychiatrists, uh, any kind of professional that, uh, we'll just say a lot of the Latino community don't like to, you know, go to doctors in general. <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, it's such a, it, it, there's such an adverse uh, attachment with it but that's just also where people need to break the mold of yes it is scary but then here's also another thing just because you get one opinion doesn't mean there aren't others out there too so we'll just say if you do get to the point if a person you know they they got that emotional support they saw a professional but you know what if they didn't like the professional that wasn't their style that wasn't their way of of um of communicating that's going to happen if you're going to see a you know we'll say a, a therapist or psychiatrist psychologist whatever it may be if they do not fit your your you know your needs or if they're just not you know you're not matching up you're not you know you're not relating with them it is not a bad thing to seek a, a second third fourth ten millionth opinion it's i mean i think as far as like the right therapy for oneself is as 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 if, as if you were to be shopping for um uh let's see what's a good example uh what's an important oh, like shopping for a home you know it's it's a really important decision because you have to you know make sure that you know has the right amount of bedrooms has the right amount of you know bathrooms and like it, it accommodates your lifestyle like i think that's almost like the same thing as if you were to choose a, a somebody that were to help you mentally mm -hmm. you know you have to you have to make sure it's the right person for you and and I, I'll, I'll say if, if you just try once and be like oh like this person was such a quack like they they just sucked and like <laughs> you know they told me some shit like I'm fucked up you know like oh well that wasn't the right one for you like and, and but I can see how that'd be damaging I was like oh like you know I saw this one guy and he totally just you know, uh, was the wrong person and they just gave you such a bad impression that you would not go again. I, I, I would get that. I would totally would be a, we'll just say a culprit to that. If that happened to me, I'm like, Oh man, I went to therapy and like, it was so screwed up. I never want to go to therapy again. Uh, but that's just it. Sometimes you do have to just get over those, those fears because yes. And first of all, it's scary. Number two, you know, you could have a bad experience that can impression, you know, for the rest of your life on that. But if you stop trying or if you just take that one bad experience and you just 
you know, let it rule your life, then you don't know what could have been if you were to have made that segment. <laughs> you would have like met, you know, uh, Dr. Awesome. And he's like, Oh my God, you made so much sense to me. Like I had no idea that I was thinking these things. And like, these are, these are types of behaviors that are right. You know, that are just being distractions to becoming who I really am. Mm. And, and that's just where I, I feel a lot of people need to seek that also that little bit of patience with their healing. <laughs> Cause no, they're Brown saying like, what is the, you know, what is the solution to, you know, just not a solution, but something that you can, you know, that, like, like I said, you know, people are not prepared to talk to people, to someone going through this, you know, yeah. no one is prepared, to, you know, but if we can have at least some kind of a, at least a, like a five, the top five things that we can say or do in the situation like this, that way we can help someone. It's kind of like doing CPR. You know, yeah. this is the steps to it. You know, you don't know how to do it. We, you could do it on a doll or whatever, but when it actually happened, and it's happened to me where I had to put that skill to work, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like every yeah. year, every year they, uh, we have to do the CPR test for, for, for the school district. You know, so we have to do it on a doll or whatever. But it's like when it really happens, like, are you prepared for that yeah. shit? Like, are you ready for it? You know what I mean? And that's what I'm trying to say. Like, I, there is no one, like I said, like, there is no one size fits all for this problem. It, but there are a lot of key uh, actions that we can take to at, at least put some kind of a, you know, give that person hopefully one more day to live. You know what I mean? I don't want to say that. It's kind of fucked up saying it that way. But, you know, like, basically helping as much as we can for that moment because you don't know what the real in, the intention for that person might be. You know, like, you don't know how far into their what they're about to do there are. You know what I mean? How close they are to doing it. And if we fuck up and our, our only chance, you know, like, just like CPR, we need to be ready to have these conversations because you don't know when it's going to happen. Exactly. Yeah, because yeah, this can happen to anybody. I mean, obviously, we're all here because we've had experiences with either people close to us that have committed suicide and or maybe ourselves that have contemplated and or attempted. That's really important. And also, um, let me tell you guys something. Uh, yes. I guess like when, uh, when you guys looking for help, it's great, which is good, you know, like once you know you allow yourself to look for help that's something awesome and coming from you you know but the thing is when you look for help it's kind of hard to find the right people oh yeah you know because sometimes you know you look for help and you're going through something that person has never went through that and all that person is going to give you is his opinion mm. His opinion or something that he heard from somebody else. Mm. You know? And I'm going to be honest with you guys right now. I never went through that situation of a, of a homicide. You know? So that's the reason I'm like, okay. I don't know what it's, I don't know what it's feel like. I don't know. I never had a, a homeboy coming up to me and be like, hey, you know what? I want to kill myself or something. I don't know what it is like. You know? So that's why I rather keep my mouth, you know, don't say nothing and learn. Because it might happen, you know, down the road and 
I can, I, at least I could be able to be like, okay, you know what? This is what I learned. Okay, I'm applying. I'm not going to act just from what I heard from random people or by guessing like most people does. You know? But if somebody but if somebody come up to me and be like, hey, you know what, Jorge? Um, I really want to... Um, trying to change things on me like I'm afraid of be alone by example then I'll be like oh yeah I can talk about it why because I've been living by myself for 20 years and I know what it's uh, and I know what it's like you know to uh, you know, to be by yourself and now I can talk about it or somebody come up to me and be like you know what Jorge I want to leave a uh I want to stop drinking or I want to stop smoking weed or okay I can I can tell you uh, tips that he helped me to quit that, you know. But if somebody come and come up to me asking asking me for something that I don't know, I'm gonna be honest and be like, you know what, you know what, homie, or you know what, homegirl, I don't know what to tell you because I never went went through that. I'd rather be honest. But we can find help. I help you to find help. Somebody who can walk you to the right to find your answers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, kind of guide them is what yeah, you're saying. That's exactly. Exactly. I mean, yeah. I can guide people who went through the same thing I went. You know, and I can talk from my experiences. Yeah, let's do this. But for something like I've never been in through, you know, like, uh, you know, what we're talking about, then I will be like, you know what? I'm not going to leave you alone, but I'm going to help you find help. Yeah. And I'm gonna be there for you. I think that's the best thing you know that I can do. Like that, you know, of instead of instead of making up a lie or instead of uh, saying things that that, like I said, instead of saying things that I'm guessing, you know. Yeah, that's yeah. the best thing you could do is is be a, a a listening ear. I mean that that's really for the most part what most people need in that situation is somebody to listen to them and exactly how you would do is is guide them in in a direction like hey let's both find a solution either it be a you know a state resource or you know a, a hotline you, you I, I would say any any time if you've ever witnessed this i hope not but i mean if you would want to call the suicide hotline with this person you know it yeah. it really helps if it's just the support system like i'll i'll do this with you i'll go to you know i'll go to the county building with you we'll go do together so that you don't have to be alone in this because they have been alone see but that that's that's the difference between a real friend and not a friend nowadays man it's so hard to find to have real friends like yeah what is a real friend like then we got to talk about what is a real friend what does it consist of of being of having that friendship and you know and and like like we say in the hood like having having that back you know what i mean having your back like you know what i mean like what what does that what does that look like you know what i mean does it look like i got your back to do that holly homie you know or what does it look like you know what i mean what does having your back look like as a friend because Actually, a lot of us coming from the barrios we don't get really you know we don't talk about that shit we don't talk about oh this is friendship bro this is friendship right here you know like you know, what is it? Going out to drink? Is that a real friend? Going out, uh, here's some yesca, bro. Pasa la way. What's a fucking friend? You know what I mean? Because it's 
it's a blurred fucking line. Let me tell you one thing, though, from my experiences, though. A real friend is somebody who's loyal to you, no matter what. Mm. Loyal to good and bad. That's it. If you're loyal to yourself, you can be loyal to others. Yeah. You cannot be you cannot be loyal from here and now. You gotta be loyal to you. And if you're loyal to you, you're gonna be attracting people who are also loyal to you, and you can be loyal with. Mm-hmm. You are Attraction. who you That's right. And a lot of and let me tell you something. A lot of homies, they don't know that. They think because, you know, their ego, macho, whatever the fuck, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, I respect you if you respect me. The fuck is that shit? That's, <laughs> what does that mean? That's the old mentality, you know? That's exactly. the 90s mentality. I grew up with that. That's you what know? I'm talking about, yeah. You know? But there's a time where you're like, no, I'm going to respect myself now. Mm -hmm. I'm going to respect myself how I am, for who I am, and for the things I do. And, I'm, and, I'm, and that gonna makes me bring people who respect me and I'm gonna respect them. Yeah. But nobody tells us that back then, you know, when we were growing up. We got This conversation right here, this conversation right here would consider us soft, bro. By just talking about this, bro. By just talking about this, this what is a friend? They're like, what the fuck, a friend? It's the way. Like, you know, that's the thing, like, we go into a relationship. Not, I'm not just saying a, you know, like a marriage or whatever, a friendship relationship. Like, you know, with all these things that we don't even know of each other, but there's a certain something that brings together a male friendship, and mostly it's substances. For me, most of my friends in my life have been a bond through substance, smoking, drinking, uh, uh. uh uh, fucking being players. Yeah, you know that's been my up, friendship, bro. That's crazy. When I was what I was missing when I was growing up, and I didn't realize it until I got older. I mean, in, in the barrio, we we call it carnalismo. Mm. And growing, you know, when I was younger back in the days in the hood, I mean, that that was just something between the you know between us. But I grew up, and it it's not just along the lines of being in the hood and all this and that. It's just, I mean, because I got, I got a homeboy that's like a brother to me that helped me out before my own homeboys did. Mm. And he didn't get into a different, um, you know, clique or whatever until he was already a grown-ass man. But that carnalismo me and him had before that, I mean, we couldn't change it because, like I said, I mean, the dude really took a bullet from me. Mm. You know, so it's kind of one of them things. It's the carnalismo that I wasn't taught when I was growing up. And I mean, for those that, that don't understand, it, it's brotherhood. I mean, yeah. you know, you know, it's it's something that I was never taught growing up. And now that I know what it is, I mean, I hold on to that, and I stick by it. And I mean, it's it's tough, man, to find somebody like that. Is, bro. Don't, don't is. The ones that do know, the ones that I let my kids around. Mm. I mean, if I, let my, if I let you around my daughters, then you know you win mm. right here. You know what I mean? Mm. Now, if you stop by and I'm like, nah, like you gotta go. My kids are here, man. Yeah. I don't let them. Awesome. 
I'm real careful with my daughters. Like, real careful. That's good, bro. And, and know, that's a, that's a good parent, bro. Like, hey, y'all got to go. You know? It's my own sangre, bro. I mean, I just... I mean, that's how you know. I mean, I'm feeling some type of way about somebody. It's like you said, not just yeah. relationship between me and a female. It's just relationship in general with the mm-hmm. homie, with, you know, with the homegirl. It's just... If I let you around my kids, man, it, it's, you know, it's real. I mean... Yeah. I mean, here's one See, thing, you know, like... You know, like when you want to be with, I mean, you know, with homeboys and homegirls at the same time, or not just homies, but people in general, you know, um, sometimes, you know, they mistake loyalty with like, like you just said, yeah, let's go party, let's go drinking, let's go smoking, whatever the fuck. That's not loyalty. Loyalty is when you're like, damn, I feel this person. I gonna do something to help them out because I know this person is gonna do something for me later on. To me, that's loyalty. Maybe for you guys, you know, might be something else, you know, and I'm open, you know, to listen, you know. The reason why I bring up. Yeah, go ahead, bro. No, no, my bad, bro. No, 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 no. Dale tu, eh? Dale tu. No, what I was saying is the reason why I bring up friendship is because we need a. Uh, the people going through with these these uh these issues mentally that they're trying to figure out certain things in their lives and it's causing them distress to a, to a, to the extent that is uh making them even think about suicide. They need to really confide into people that fit this description because if they go to the person that they thought was a friend and didn't meet the criteria, I guess you could say, of a real friend then that person is going to bring them even more down because they're going to, you know, if, if a friend, if you're already feeling like, like, you know, depressed and shit and, and your, your quote unquote homie just wants you to, to smoke more, that's just going to fuck you up. That's going to blind you even fucking more to find a real one. problem. You know what I mean? I think that's your step one. Carnal is, uh, I guess just letting somebody feel comfortable to even, begin that friendship with you even mm. start to even think about wanting to even build something with you mm. you know because once they let you in the doors i mean you in there but for yeah. how long you know for how long mm. though before they're like now nah, i'm closing yeah. that door again and that's you know and that's when that's become the real you is it gonna be just for a minute or it's gonna be yeah once yeah once for real you, you know like for real <laughs> Right, you're exactly. You know, once you for real, it's like it's gonna be for a long time. But if it just for a minute, I'm telling you, it's gonna last for like what, a fucking a month. Yeah, there's something that get in the door, and then it's you know it's whatever now. Exactly. Hey, you know, I've been I've been in situations like that. It's kind of like a relationship. But, Everything's good in the beginning. Mm, yeah. But but what happens after the six months? <laughs> after you get comfortable. The honeymoon phase, bro. It's yeah, crazy. after you get past that, do you stay the same? Do you still keep doing the good morning texts and this and that? And, you know, the whoop de whoop, all that stuff? Yeah. I mean. So I mean, that's what I'm saying. You know, like, once you practice that loyalty with yourself, you attract people. You know, you attract people who are loyal to you. Who are loyal to you. You know? We all but everything has to turn to you. You know? Like. You know, I remember back then, you know, they were like, ah, you know, 
Are you down on me? I'm all, yeah, I'm down. But deep inside, I was like, what the fuck? I didn't feel that love. I, mean, yeah. I felt for a minute, but after a while, it was like, what the fuck is that love at? Now I'm doing it just because I have to do it, you know? Mm -hmm. Because I have to hang around with these motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? But that's what makes me, you know, like, uh, 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 look into myself and see what I want. Well, I think that... Not just for me, but for others. Use that. What was that? I, I said that's great uh, that now as adults, we get to choose the people that are around. Yes. And but see, like, that's the sad part about everything, though, that a lot of youngsters didn't get a chance to be in our shoes now because they didn't get 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 the uh, the chance in their lives to rec uh, recognize all these things that we're recognizing now. You see, like a lot of them weren't so fortunate to come, you know, come across the next day to have another day to live because like whatever happened in their lives and they just, it just so happened in the, you know, and I'm not going to say, I'm not going to ever say that a person is not strong enough to avoid suicide because it's not about strength. It's about, it's about who was there to not, gu I guess, guide you. And put the, the 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 right way of thinking into your into your mentality. Like, who was really there for you? That that's what really counts. Mm -hmm. Who failed you? It's not about the person wasn't strong enough to 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 avoid suicide. It's like who failed them. I I actually have another story of when I was in high school. This was like when I was fourteen, and there was a classmate of mine and. We didn't really have any idea that he was like feeling a certain way or, or, or but, but it is that uh, uh, he ended up hanging himself from a um, was it a towel rack um, oh. post uh, with a belt around his neck and he uh, suffocated to death. And what we came to find out is that he was actually writing like he was like he had a journal and he was like writing down exactly what was going on with him and uh come to know that he was you know he was suffering from some kind of like depression or uh whatever it might have been undiagnosed and what really disturbed more or less like it, it was like the peers you know it was all all his classmates and uh, the people in, in my grade at the time who, who all knew him were just like really shocked. They were just like, what the heck? Like, you know, it, there's instances where you don't see any signs or, or if you do, or if somebody close enough to them saw some signs, they didn't express that to anybody else. And so that's also like, I, I would promote more in, in this time that, if we do see some, you know, it, either it be disconnected activity, you know, this person's like acting a certain way or like they're just, you know, being antisocial, I would, I would start to be a little bit more observing of, you know, that person because you, you really don't know. And I know people like to stay in their lane and, you know, be like just their own business. But, you know, sometimes those 
extra efforts to just recognize that maybe somebody else is in pain or somebody else is going through something might actually save save somebody's life. So I, I I'd say just if you see anything, if you said anything, something's just not right with you, like sit, sitting right with this person, who whoever it may be, I'd be a little bit more investigative. I think it's a, a little bit of effort goes a long way, could save a life. Yeah. And of course this whole pandemic shit didn't help. People that are were already dealing with shit mentally, you know, this thing just 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 messed things up. You know, there was a big spike in suicide, you know, these past few years. And it's just like it I mean it makes sense. It just stress is so overwhelming in general and more so now that you know, death is being spoken of. Not, you know, I'm not regarding suicide, but just death in general because of people dying. And it's like, who's next? Like, all these artists, like, you know, like within hip hop, like, you know, there was uh, some, some, some artists that, that passed away that I was like, fuck, that's crazy. Like, there are people under the stairs. Yeah, the, the, there was an artist from that group that passed away. I was like, the fuck? Like, I grew up listening to them. And like, yeah, all these, all, like, MF. MF Doom, yeah, MF Doom, and it just is like, if people people with money is passing away, what the fuck? Like, when am I gonna pass away? Like, am I gonna fucking die off of this shit? And you get into this funk, this negative funk, where it's like everything is so negative because, like, you know, death, you know, is just around the corner. It's like you feel like, like you know, something's gonna happen. You're like with that anticipation that something's gonna happen. You're like, fuck, what the fuck is next? You know what I mean? Like this whole war and fucking Ukraine and all this and that and it's like what the fuck is next like people talk about World War 3 and all these things and it's like that just contributes to more of the anxiety that we already living with that just contributes to to is like like damn you know like how can we stay positive in a world full of negative shit it almost seems like uh, death and people dying has become like a joke if you know like oh you got corona you know you're gonna die or you know this and that i mean it's all, like people joke about it nowadays and it's kind of like so you know, desensitized like yeah. so like we're disconnected or we've been pretty disconnected i'd say even uh i mean i could identify maybe you guys are like either uh millennial maybe gen x uh, or cusp or whatever it may be but I, I just really see that there's just been a lot of, um, since, I mean, this is a regular topic, I'm sure, uh, just more advances in technology that just make things more accessible to people. I, I believe technology has brought a lot of people together, but also created a, a weird distance between mm. people as well, because we have, you know, so much at our hands. We have so much you know, that we can control in, in one device that uh, not a lot of people have the social skills or the, you know, capacity to speak to people in, in real life. It's just not something that's, that is uh, the norm anymore. You know, we, we have come from a time where it was, it was easy and it was just a regular thing where we would talk to people in person. You'd see your person down, you know, your homie down the street, you, talk to the person at the liquor store you uh you go to the bank and you you know talk to your favorite teller whatever it may be and uh 
now it is just such a you know a life now where we're doing the, exactly this we have you know little meetings online <laughs> and uh, yeah 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 you know, we we have the connection but at the same time it's the weird disconnection i mean i've i've met a kid that doesn't know how to sign a name <laughs> like mm. you know kids that don't know how to you know write write things at all like they just know how to tap things i'm like um I, I see that we're losing some skills here that uh, that I yeah. that we need to regulate a little bit more often in, in education. I, I'd say that's my opinion. Uh, yeah. But I, I really just feel like there's there's a connect and a disconnect. It's kind of like going weird hand in hand. But uh, yeah. yeah, you're right. I mean, all of this just starts at home, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the um, a, a lot of the parents now that have had the time to be with their kids at home, either either seen the the worst of it, or yet the parents are like absolutely going crazy. You know that they're around their kids all the time, but they feel like there's there's been some really good positive experiences where families have come together and they've they've learned to to know who each other are i mean shoot i i can imagine you know oh you know everybody's on their phones and then like oh you know COVID hit and you know now everybody has to stay home and tolerate each other <laughs> and uh, either that was a positive experience or negative or, or both mm. but i do feel in certain times there have been some other connections that have been made that were for a positive change uh, I, yeah, I just hope that not, not too many parents killed their kids. <laughs> like, shoot, can't imagine. It's sad. I mean, shit. I mean, like they say, you know, fact is is more you know crazier than fiction, and, and it is, man. It's it's more, yeah, it's more gruesome. That's for that's for for sure. And it's it's just a lot of heartless situations that have been have been shown on TV, on the news, and stuff. It's like it's like how the fuck is like I just I just yesterday of this daughter that was like the, the dad was fighting custody for the the daughters and um and it turns out that he won custody for the oldest daughter and the oldest daughter was like supposedly going out with this one guy and she ended up because both uh parents mom and dad you know decided that the daughter should not date this boy so one day the daughter just came home. He, she was living with dad and killed dad and tried to burn dad along with the boyfriend that they didn't even let him let her have. And there's this like audio recording of like the boyfriend that was recording the, 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 the girl, the, the daughter saying, Oh, I can't believe we just killed your dad. And they're laughing about it. I'm like fucking heartless ass motherfuckers. I'm like, like, we as parents, like, we try to, you know, do all these things. And it's like, there's that little thought in the back of my head now after hearing all these stories. It's like, do I have to also be careful of my own fucking children? Is that what society has made our fucking kids to become as well? You may have to. And I'm not saying That's crazy in an effed up way, but they're... Sad to say, if you're not monitoring or if you're not putting in place a, a lot of certain either activities or whatever it might be to keep your kids occupied, 
then they're going to be outsourcing to these things that you're not even aware of. You know, you're like, um, I say this because I just recently heard a podcast um, with, uh, was it actually the Mega Man podcast? He had a podcast oh. with um, uh, that woman that owned the boxing gym. And she oh, was, I seen the picture. Yeah. yeah. And she was, she was talking about that her her upbringing was very traditional you know mexican family and the the reason why she never pretty much got into trouble or you know kind of went astray and did a bunch of you know hood rat shit pretty much is because she had those things in place she had she had a you know she did boxing she had activities things that kept her occupied and that's it it like if you're not you know, keeping those routines with, with children, like either if you have them engage in activity or tutoring or, or something that you know that you're monitoring in a way where they're scheduled, you know, like, oh, if you go outside the schedule, you know, I, I, I now need to accept the fact that you're going to be looking at information that I'm not aware of. So I, I kind of think of it like that. Like if you're not, you know, if you're not having some sort of a, you know, a good routine for, and it doesn't even have to be a kid. It could be, you know, somebody that could be your brother or your sister that you might have to take care of. Like, it could be anybody you have influence over. But as long as they have those routines, there's no reason why they should be, you know, getting into other things. I mean, everybody's going to be curious. But if they're so distracted by, say, positive things or, you know, things that are developing their, you know, their brains or, or developing their motor skills, whatever it may be then there's, you know, there's not, not too much that, that leads to, you know, oh, they, they're going to get too distracted. Mm-hmm. Don't leave that, 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 that door open for uh, any of these things. Huh? Yeah, that, that's a good one. That, that's, a, that's something that helps a lot, too, because why give them that chance to, you know, yeah, they need to be constantly doing something. And that's what I told my kids, too. They, they, they need to be putting your minds on, you know, on, on these other things that, you know, is, they're going to benefit and learn something because sooner or later, you know what I mean? The, the, the day's coming when they're growing up and they're going to be grownups. And it's like, like, you have to deal with a lot of things and they, they got to be prepared for that, you know? And, kids um, structure. Kids want to be told what to do. And, and that's why where you get kids that come up to you like, oh, I'm bored or, you know, I'm like, you know, bothering you. It's because they're, you know, they, they want to have something to do. Yeah. And when you have the, let's say, when you can have the skills to be able to share that and, and give those routines to kids, then, you know, they're going to they're gonna end up being those type of people that will make those good decisions and not want to turn over to some weird, you know, like I said, weird dark, dark side of the, you know, of the internet and start looking in weird to weird stuff. And just like, Oh, well, I'm questioning, why are you looking at that? I'm like, well, cause you know, I was, I was bored. I was curious. I had time. Well, you mm-hmm. know, I give you that time. <laughs> yeah. No, but you know what? Like what you just brought up, like I always think about, you know, that, that movie short circuit in the nineties. Yes. I always think about like the robot, as as the kids, you know, need input, need input. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about that, but uh, yeah, you're right. You're you're totally on the mark right there. Where you said that uh, they need to be constantly doing something, and we need to have uh, because the schools. I mean, they they go over being able to be like you know having a schedule or whatnot, but 
as a parent at home, they need to continue that schedule, mm-hmm. a schedule mm-hmm. of something, not just be sitting there, you know, doing nothing. Like they need to continue that schedule and we need to be, you know, in charge of that. We need to set those, those boundaries and rules. But uh, my phone is tripping. Like it's, uh, like it's frozen or something. Like I can't even see the, 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 the messages anymore. Like it's weird. So uh, I'm just going to cut it off right here. So it's already like been a couple hours. So any last words to this, to this uh, very delicate topic here? Um, yeah. Anybody needs yeah. anybody to talk to? I mean, or just shut the fuck up and listen. Mm-hmm. I'm good at that. Yeah. And you want to DM me if you're having any trouble, I'll, I'll help you out. I, it doesn't matter. Uh, I'm always a listening ear. Yeah, man. Don't feel alone. Mm-hmm. There are options out there, people, and and you are you are seen. If you want to be, say, if you want to be somebody that will set also another example for somebody that's struggling out there, that you're brave to come to somebody to say that you need help. Yeah, man. That's all I can say is don't feel alone. Like she said too. I mean. Just know you got somebody. At least three of us right here. Yeah. For sure. You know. Yeah. Hashtag DM. <laughs> yeah. And I'm a bit. Brown. I'm a big ab- uh, advocate as to uh, if someone feels like. I mean, everyone has a voice. Like I always say, everyone has a voice. Like people need to start more of these conversations. More of these, like you know. Uh, I guess you could say like community, not even community, like just, just these, these platforms where people can just freely come in and discuss things without being labeled like, like, why are you talking about that? No, you can't say that. You can't say this. You can't cuss. You can't, like, there's all these barriers to just talking. Like, why can't we just fucking talk nowadays? Like, all these people, like, it, it, it becomes a thing where it's like so sensitive that you can't even say things. So people don't even say nothing because it's like they don't want to say the wrong thing, you know, being censored or whatever. I mean, of course, there's a line. There is hate speech. You don't want to be going on talking about saying wetback or no, 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 no shit like that. You know what I mean? But, you know, what I'm saying is like, you know, like, the, you know, I mean, as, as a fucking adult and shit, as a fucking adult, you know, like, what is what is right and wrong to say? Like, be open to 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 speak your mind. Just fucking like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what, what was that? I have to say that. <laughs> that <was> God damn! <laughs> I'm saying, bro, because people fucking people people on some on some weird shit sometimes, bro. You, you know, people take you out of it's like on the onda, bro, and it's like and it's like you know what I mean. But, I mean, as adults, bro, we, we still need to put things in, in, into perspective. And these, these talks are really necessary, really fucking necessary. Because That's why I appreciate you, man, for doing this kind of, these kind of talks, the talks that are, people are scared to talk about. Yeah, man. And, I'm like, I'm I mean, fucking scared you- as shit, you know what I mean, talking about these things, too. Because, like, you know what I mean, I don't know really the answer. I'm looking for the answer as well. Like, you know, that's why I, I'm learning a lot from, from just talking to people. Like, you know, I mean, come on. We got someone from Kansas here. We got someone from uh, Los Angeles. I'm from over here, the Bay Area. We got, I mean, that that's the beautiful thing 
if you use it the right social media the right way like tapping into all sorts of places and it, and it all comes down to everyone is going through the same shit but how are we handling it how can we help each other to handle it this is like AOL uh, 10.0. <laughs> Cuz we used to have chat rooms, remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was before <laughs> the party line. <laughs> but no. That, <laughs> yeah. Shit, the party line was like was like therapy for the barrio and shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Chat room, huh? <laughs> yeah. No, nah, but that that's that's yeah, I mean all jokes aside, though, I mean, this 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 topic is necessary, and I'm gonna bring up another, um, you know, one like this for for suicide, but more more, um, you know, with the intention of more some something more like uh, maybe targeting schools, talking about schools more, in in regards to suicide or or just um, having a mental, you know, condition because of the school experience, you know. That's really good. Like. I got a lot of shit that happened to me, you know, in school. Like, I literally fought against neo-Nazis in high school. Oh, hell no. Like, and I said this, and I said this in, in my, in my uh, prior uh, podcast, the, the hip-hop spot, that I, I spoke about this a lot, and that I would talk about, like, saying this, like, I would see X3, X4, swastika sign. And that shit stuck in my fucking head. Like, I would see this shit like, okay, brown people fighting each other, but they're this fucking swastika shit that's trying to take both of us out. And it's like, you know what I mean? It's nuts, man. And this shit, that shit did something to me because, like, it made me want to just say, fuck all this Norte Sur shit. You know what I mean? That, like, let's, let's fucking do this shit together. Like, you know what I mean? Fuck that. You know what I mean? This, this higher... Powers trying to take us out when we're over here trying to smoke each other out and shit. You know what I mean? So it's like that. That that's something that I really want to talk about. But um, I wanna I wanna like you know really bring that fucking subject up. Hey, hot topics, man. Yeah, yeah. Wait, the man. Hey, Arlo man. Thank you all for joining in. And I don't even know who the fuck is on the line right now. My shit's fucking frozen. It's stuck at nine. Is there nine people still viewing this shit? Um, seven. Seven. Okay. See, my shit's frozen on nine. Maybe that it's a sign. Nine. I don't know. I gotta look into that numerology. What does nine mean? But anyway, all right. Thank y'all for tuning hey. in. This is Brown Nine Six with another session, session number nine of Shed So Many Tears, talking about the psychology of suicide. If y'all need any help regarding suicide, y'all can Google that. Uh, they they text. I can't even text right now, but Google that fucking suicide hotline. And uh, do what you got to do. We need you in this fucking world. You make a fucking difference. Believe that. Believe that. Don't let no one tell you that you don't make a difference. Don't let social media tell you different. Don't let fucking dumbass fucking president that we have, I don't even want to say his name, tell you any different. You know better. You already know what you're worth. You just got to fucking put that shit into work. Yep. But uh, you know what I mean? Peace out, and uh, to the next time, here we are. Gracias. Bye. Bye.